0: Baby, why do you hurt me so bad? Oh no. b b baby, baby. B-b-baby, baby, baby. B-b-baby, baby, baby. Why do you hurt me so bad?
1: Hey, this is Christian. This is Damon. And this is the amazing nerd show. We got some big news right now, man. Yeah,
0: just announced. Uh, well, not really announced, right? Rumored. Just rumored <laughs> by some big like sources, right? Mm. Hol- Hollywood Reporter and stuff are rumoring that James Mangold might be actually directing a Boba Fett film. So, how excited are you? very excited (laughs) james Mangold did my favorite film of last year logan boba fett is one of my favorite star wars characters i've been waiting for this film or tv show or whatever to come out you know since return of the jedi so i'm excited
1: (laughs) he deserves a story
0: yes yes and i mean he's he has plenty of stories that have been told you know now in legends canon if you will so they've got lots to, like, pick and choose from. Yeah, nothing matters
1: unless it's on the screen. Well, that's true. <laughs>
0: but they've been doing a really good job of, mm. like, picking and choosing out of there, you know? And kind of, like, you know, using what's what they see is you know, salvageable, if you will. Um, so I kind of trust them with that. And there's some good stories in there that they could really use and, like, you know, take a deep dive mm. into, like, the whole lore of Boba Fett. Um, and there's some stuff I hope that they just throw the fuck out. <laughs> but um, this is kind of the solo film that i've wanted you know um i still secretly hope that he shows up in solo which is coming out this weekend um but i'm not holding my breath on that mm-hmm. i feel like that would have been leaked by now yeah but who knows who knows disney yeah. sometimes does a good job yes
1: they have been they so,
0: have been so not gunwood i'm hoping for at least a job of the hud you know, cameo mm, yeah. or
1: something. I mean, that's something that could be completely CG that no one would know it was there. So. Exactly. And
0: it could be just an end credit scene mm-hmm. where you
1: get like Java's
0: like layer or something like that. And Boba Fett could be hanging out. I, I mean, I would pop for it, you know, <laughs> so, but this is definitely good news. I like to see, you know, people well-deserving getting together with a project that I've been just dying for, for a long time. Um, you know, sky's the limit really, you know, in my eyes. Um, is there any other Star Wars, like, spin-off films that you would like to see?
1: A part of me still wants to see a Maul one. That'd be cool. I mean, I know that that story has been told. Like, he keeps getting shows up everywhere. Would you... Because but... uh, Clone Wars
0: really mm. went, you know, full Maul, you know, the last couple seasons. Would you re-explore that? Or would you do like before Phantom Menace? I'd do do, like origin
1: story because he has an interesting origin.
0: Okay. Now, do you think they would do it? Be the same thing where they cherry pick what they want from Because that's not necessarily canon anymore. That's a Legends, you know.
1: Line. I was I would assume that they'd probably because it's pretty simple. I'm assuming that they would stick to it a little bit, but yeah, I could totally see them having. Complete freedom with that. Yeah, and it's before it's a time period where nothing has really been explored yet. So you you give creative
0: people, you know, Mm -hmm. the freedom to do what they want. You know, I don't see why they would handcuff them to anything. Mm -hmm. But I like the fact that they're kind of like, hey, anything's possible. Go ahead and pick and choose what you want. You know, I think that's pretty cool. And it's cool that people are willing to do that too. Mm -hmm. Because we saw Rain Johnson, he really did that, you know, with a lot of things that he used in um Last Jedi he kind of went back and we saw like what a big fan he was of star Wars, you know, like literally like fighting trolls online and pulling out like star Wars encyclopedias and showing people chapters of like, no, this does exist. This is a thing. (laughs) Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely excited to see the direction that they go in and maybe by Monday, I'll be singing a different tune and be saying enough Star Wars. <laughs> if I just am just completely, you know, devastated after Solo, um, I don't foresee that happening. I did want to ask: Would you want Boba Fett to be an anti-hero in this story? Yes, I feel like he has to be. I hope this is more of an underworld story, and we're just kind of using Boba Fett as a like, you know, just a like a a host, you know, to mm-hmm. explore this world. Um, you know, I want it to be m- almost more of like a bounty hunter kind of story and really see like, you know, the deep, like dark side, you know, if, like in better terms of, you know, s- the Star Wars universe, um, you know, just that kind of underworld. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more almost like a gangster movie, you know, with just mercenaries even... and, you know, bounty hunters. And... I
1: wouldn't even mind if it was like set up in a way where it was almost kind of like uh, with the last, last Mad Max film where it was this chase and it was the three different I don't need an origin.
0: I don't need to, like, you know, get young Boba Mm -hmm. Fett. It could literally be like Mad Max where we're just, like, all of a sudden in the scenario with Boba Fett. And we're just, like, exploring, you know, this adventure with him. And, you know, he doesn't even have to take the helmet off. You know, it could just be just full-fledged, a chase, a heist, you know, him on a mission, and then that's it. And that's all we get. It could be a very simple story, we get some, like, cool character moments, you know. delve a little into, like, who he is and what he's about. Um, but really just get it, like, just a way to explore, you know, the underworld mm-hmm. of Star Wars. Because I feel like it's such an unexplored terrain, you know. And there's so many possibilities. And I feel like Solo's going to kind of go there um, in this movie. Uh, but I, I want to see more. I really want to, like, I want them to push that PG-13 <laughs> to its limits. So... Maybe even get our first rated R Star Wars film. But I, I don't think I, that will ever happen. But <laughs> they like their money. Yes. <laughs> Although we are see, and we'll talk about it later, we see that, you know, hmm. rated R films can make money. So, um, but yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's enough about Boba Fett. <laughs> um, should we talk some wrestling news?
1: Yeah, let's talk a little wrestling. Yeah, some big developments coming out of the WWE this week. Yeah, SmackDown selling for a billion dollars to Fox. Yeah, it's not finalized
0: just yet, but it it
1: sounds like it's almost
0: a done deal. Um, Raw is going to be staying on USA. Mm -hmm. SmackDown will be moving to Fox and possibly moving to Fridays. How
1: do you feel about that? I mean, it's, of course, it's a big move for Fox and all because that's live television that usually gets dedicated viewers that's advertisements going through the roof pretty much like that's what people look at when they look at this um, WWE like as a company standpoint is the advertisements that you're getting live when you're getting those live viewership yeah that's what... those eyes that you're going to be exactly. getting
0: on your channel so and i mean obviously they valued them at a billion dollars i don't think WWE's ever had A contract Mm. that big. A (laughs) deal that big. That's huge. When I saw that for SmackDown, I was like, holy shit. My Man doesn't even care about SmackDown. Um, Do we feel like he's going to now renew
1: his focus and his drive towards SmackDown? Yeah. Anything that makes him that much money is going to then become a focus for him. I kind of don't want that, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that SmackDown feels like it's just kind of under his radar. Mm. And they're kind of letting it... Recently, it's been getting a little better. You know, I love the roster over SmackDown. I'm scared now that it's going to have a bigger, like, you know, um, focus going on with it, that Mm -hmm. we're going to be getting, you know, more trades and we're going to be seeing, you know, Roman Reigns coming over or more Cena and, you know, just what they think, you know, fans want, which is not actually what I want.
1: The only way I could see Roman and Cena working is if they moved Daniel to the other show.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Daniel Bryan, though, is is over. And they understand that he's a huge commodity for them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe they kind of leave things the way they are. Um, But then there's part of me that feels like maybe they feel like if they put Roman over there, he can kind of grow a little more and do his own thing and not necessarily have to deal with carrying the weight of, you know, a show, um, like Raw. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, I feel like the spotlight's going to definitely be on SmackDown, so I'm definitely scared that the old man's going to get more involved with it. Because, um, I mean, like, this past week's episode was a very strong episode. I really enjoyed this past week's episode. I thought it was actually well-written. I don't know who was written by, <laughs> you know? It definitely didn't feel like a, a Road dog production, so... The um, Road
1: Dogg's probably like, I wrote this Yeah, I know, probably, probably the one episode he did actually
0: write. What the fuck do we know? But uh, yeah, I was I really enjoyed this this week's episode. Everyone was there with a point. Everyone, you know, the angles all clicked. Um, the segments didn't feel forced. There was like continuity happening. You know, cohesiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, call me crazy um, to the storytelling. So I, I was actually impressed, and it was what's great about SmackDown. It's really focused on wrestling when it's done right, and this week was really focused on wrestling. So, um, you know, we got a great match, um, between Daniel Bryan and Jeff Hardy to close out the show. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it, it definitely helps SmackDown being a two hour show, you know, and there's, yeah, they they don't have as much to like dangle
1: or exactly,
0: exactly. And that three hours you would think would give them more time to flesh out a story, Mm -hmm. but for some reason (laughs) it's a detriment to them.
1: They cannot tell a good story with three hours. I have no idea. Um I liked what they what they're doing with Danny Bryan having this kind of journey to get some money in the bank rather than, you know, it's just one random qualifying match and he's in or not.
0: Well I like that they're giving us two dream matches as we go along. Exactly. That's really cool. And I like that it's not just smooth sailing like he lost to Rusev. Um, it was definitely a battle with Hardy. I mean, I feel like there's no way that Cass isn't going to interfere oh, yeah. in the match next week. Danny Bryan did win the match against Jeff Hardy. He's going on to face Samoa Joe, which is another. You no, know, I know it's happened in the past. But to see that match mm. in a WWE ring is kind of a dream match for me at least. Um, but I feel like it's obviously set up for Cass to interfere. And they're trying to hide that fact by him being injured right now, um, you know.
1: Uh, do you think they have the throws, the cane like the um, crutches once he gets onto the ramp type of deal? Like I'm not here anymore and he yeah. runs in? I think so. Yeah. I think so.
0: I love the way Daniel Bryan's been wrestling though. Um, he's, I mean he's always been submission focused but I feel like it's more so. He's doing a lot less like high flying kind of stuff a lot less kicks and you know top rope stuff and he's Just kind of working the mat a lot more, and it's making him more of a vicious character. He's using this heel hook as his finisher, and it's just brutal. And he's just unrelenting with it. And I really like that, like you know, presentation of the character.
1: Would you say it's more likened to Zack Sabre Jr.'s character right now, minus the constant changes? But
0: um, yes, more streamlined. Mm -hmm. You know, because Sabre works so many different submissions in there. Um, but you can see where Daniel Bryan is really focusing on that submission by, like, he's working the leg, working the leg, mm-hmm. you know. It's definitely, like, really good storytelling going on. Um, but it's not just, like, submission hold, submission hold. It's not chain wrestling yeah. that's happening. Um, you're not putting down Saber Jr. at all. But it just, I feel like Bryan's definitely, like, you don't know whether or not he's going to let the move go right now. Like, he just gets into that zone. And I think it's a safer style for him. So I'm glad to see that mm. also. Um, but I think it's cool, too, character-wise, to see that kind of, like, evolution for him. So, um, yeah, but I've really enjoyed that. You know, it reminds me of, like, early, like, Angle or Benoit, you know, when they're portraying him as, like, a badass because they're really, like, giving him this, like... That's good.
1: I, I don't need the flying goats to continue. No, now. no, I don't need it. I don't need to see that flying headbutt.
0: I mean that thing makes me cringe every time he does mm. it now. So I mean that's just a concussion waiting to happen. So and I, I love a good submission wrestler. I mm. really do. I my one of my favorite wrestlers of all time is Dean Malenko. you know, and that guy's just chain wrestling submission moves. So I'm I'm all for more submission So, I feel like that's something WWE is definitely missing lately. They don't have that kind of like shooter um in the ring. So bring more of that, you know. Um, and I feel like that's going to make for a great
1: match between Joe and Yeah, him. exactly, because both of them going after the sufficient Not finish. that, and not that
0: Brian won't, like, go, turn the gear up to, you know, 10 and all of a sudden, you know, start flying around again, but, <laughs> yeah, I've just, I'm enjoying that. And mm. it, just the way that he put Cass out and everything, I thought was pretty badass, and they were all trying to get him off, and just mm. made him seem like the bully. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed SmackDown this week, though, I really did. So, um... What about Chris Jericho, man? He's he's lost his mind. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jericho in New Japan. Yes, talking about viciousness, just yeah. it feels like they just let him do whatever the hell he wants. Like they don't. Oh, like yeah. he's writing everything. Like and I don't. So he basically cuts in to uh, what was the event?
1: Um, I'm not exactly sure what event it was. was, going during, on. It, was, it, was it was over a, the
0: weekend, yeah. right? So, uh, Nahito's in the ring, and it's the end of a match, and all of a sudden, you know, Jericho's on the monitor, and he's just cutting this, like, profanity-filled,
1: like, promo on him. It seemed, like, so on the spot, too. Like, he's just like, I have my phone. I'm just gonna do this right now. Like, Like, he called them up, and like, Uh hey, hey, I got something to say. Um... Yeah, I, I really
0: enjoyed it, though. It's just, like, he's just this monster heel. And, you know, it's, you know, fun-loving Jericho that we get in the WWE, but he goes to New Japan and he just becomes Bruiser Brody all of a sudden. It's crazy. You know, yeah, he's just unhinged. <laughs> um, I, I love everything about it, though. So, and I, I cannot wait for that match to happen. It's Dominion, right? Yes. That's June Ninth. 8th? 9th. Okay, okay. Is it June? Or is it really like June 10th for us, right? Is yeah. June,
1: but I mean, June, there like are two it'll it'll o'clock June in the morning or something. Them, yeah, yeah. Um, That's like right after the end of Super Junior. and We'll see what happens towards the end of Super Junior. I'm kind of interested in between like seeing Will Ospreay go up against this new Bullet Club member. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they've had a couple matches already. Okay. So I haven't watched anything of Super Junior. Well, I so. clicked on to it and they didn't have the
0: English commentary.
1: Ah. So I was kind of like,
0: you know, and it was like, I mean, should be told, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning, so I didn't have the patience. So I was like, okay, I'll come back to it, and hopefully the English commentary will be on there. I really enjoy, like, you know, their team, mm-hmm. you know, of Kevin Kelly and, um, oh, God, what's his name? Don Callus? Callus, thank you. Um, so I really enjoy, yeah, the Jackal, there we go. <laughs> um, I really enjoy that, like, announced team. Um, they're very old school, but I like it mm. because of that. So I was a little disappointed by that. And it feels like everything else, like at any of their other shows, they have that English commentary right away. So it's kind of bizarre. But their their uh, channel is hard to navigate too. Mm. Like I've noticed that. You know, they need to fix that a little because it is hard to sometimes find shows and everything. So um, you know, not that I've explored tons, but you know, I. I mean, I love what I've seen on
1: it, but mm-hmm. it's definitely sometimes hard to find things. Yeah, and that can so. cause a lot of issues, especially with new like subscribers and new viewers. If they don't know how to navigate your site, it's not Exactly, hard. exactly.
0: I mean, I'm gonna give you five minutes, but then if I can't find it, I mean, I've got Netflix, you mm-hmm. know, right, right over here, so, or the WWE Network. So, um, which WWE Network, you know, for all its flaws, actually does a really good job where it's user-friendly. So, um, but yeah. You can't complain about the product, though, that New Japan's put out. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I I, do need to watch that. I do need to get back on board um, and see what's going on there. Because it definitely seems like there was a lot of good matches mm-hmm. going on. Um, but yeah, so, but yeah, Jericho, man. Give me more of that Jericho.
1: I want to <laughs> see that Jericho in the WWE. It's never going to happen.
0: It, no, it's not, because there's no way they're going to give him carte blanche to do whatever the exactly. fuck he wants. He
1: needs, like, freedom and control over He's loving it, it. You could
0: tell oh, he's yeah. just loving every second of it. Because not one word of that
1: promo was scripted. <laughs> you could tell. He was just, like, going off. You know, I wonder if he just top. randomly saw the fucking turtle there and just, like, you know what? I could use this. Uh-huh, I bet you anything. Like, Because it totally looked like he was out for, like,
0: a run yeah. or something like that, a jog,
1: <laughs> and he saw this turtle,
0: and he's like, it just clicked. That was great. That was great. I loved it. I loved it. Um, anything else wrestling-wise you want to talk about? Um, How about Raw sucking so much? I mean, it's just, it's, it was abysmal. The exact end, the opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> of SmackDown was Raw this week. I'm trying to think of anything highlights from, oh, Gable and Ziggler. Mm. That was decent. They actually gave them a little time. Um, that was a good match. I mean, and the fact that they kind of gave Gable the spotlight still gives me hope that they're they're going to want to do something with him. They're not going to do anything with him. He's, he's a great talent.
1: They I gave him the time best. with Angle, which was kind of cool. Um, so I still have hope, man. Jason Jordan is going up against Seth Rollins at Money in the Big, correct? No, Jason Jordan's not there. Oh, Maybe I just read something wrong. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Jason Jor-
0: Jordan's still injured, okay. um, so he might be coming back soon, but not that I know. Maybe that's a rumor, maybe that's yeah. happening. So, um, but I'm okay with him being out of the picture right now. <laughs> so, mm. um, I love everything they're doing with Seth Rollins. I like that he's basically defending that title every raw. Um, that's really cool. Um, it definitely feels like they're behind him. I feel like he's secretly their number one babyface. Um, if Reigns is going to ever turn heel, I feel like it's going to be against Rollins. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. So I still believe Rollins is going to main event next WrestleMania. That's still my big prediction for next year. Against who? Oh, I'm not sure. If you had... Probably, Probably Roman Reigns. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but Good points. I didn't even think about
0: that. They're... Pretty much making Rollins like the People's Champion mm-hmm. right now. That's really kind of what they're doing. So he he definitely has that like mid nineties like kind of like HBK feel to him. So very similar to the way that they started pushing, you know, Shawn Michaels. Like he's the wrestler's wrestler. So um, I definitely feel like they're behind him right now secretly. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we know how long you know, mm. the old man's interests, you know, lasts. That could change, you know, next week. And he could be jobbing to fucking Mojo Raleigh or whoever. But, you know, right now I'm I'm very happy with that. But besides that, I wasn't happy with anything. <laughs> it was the what, shit.
1: you did love uh, Bobby Lashley's sister segment? Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> now, I will say it wasn't the worst segment no. ever. Like people have been like saying, but it was fucking awesome. It was, it was abysmal. It was, it was just, it was cringeworthy. You know, I felt bad for everyone mm-hmm. involved. I was like, God, the writing is horrible on this show. And from like top to bottom, anything that was scripted on that show, the writing was awful. Um, whatever, you know, script they're putting in Angle's mouth, I feel like they're ruining Engel, you know, right yeah, now. It, I just, it, it, they're not letting him be himself um it just make <sighs> Stephanie comes out and she just puts herself over constantly burying the talent and making everyone look like shit. I just don't get it, you know. It I mean, feel like they have a direction for anyone right? No, now. no. And like storyline wise it makes no sense what they're doing between her and Angle. Hmm. Um you know, like and like we we're saying we were saying that Angle should have been fired like right after WrestleMania. We mm-hmm. thought, okay, well, logically, after setting up this match, he's getting
1: fired. You yeah, yeah. oh. know? And it didn't,
0: didn't happen that he way. Mean, it's some... He's
1: not allowed to make decisions and no. choices. But... Although he was able to make decisions and choices
0: before WrestleMania and put them in this match that they did want to be in, but now all of a sudden he doesn't have that power. Just doesn't make sense. That's right. That's wrestling, right? <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Hey. Um so yeah, yeah. That Raw's pretty much the shits right now. So NXT back, has been looking great. I have not watched any NXT. Please um, tell me.
1: They had this match between um I think his name is Lorkin, if I'm not mistaken. Is that, that badass heel? Yeah. He looked really crazy. Yes. And it was a handicap match against um Ricochet and Velveteen Dream. And now they're having this program between Velveteen Dream and Ricochet. Velveteen Dream looks like he's just on his fucking like Le- like the top highest level he's ever been on lately. Really, he betrays Ricochet, and in this match, and he, so um, it's wait, okay, yes, clarity here. It's Velveteen Dream
0: and Ricochet verse. Only Lorcan, Oney Lorcan. Okay, that's um, interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Is he supposed to be like a monster Hill that he's getting a handicap match like that? Yeah, I mean, okay. he's he's been betrayed as a beast for a while. So yeah, I mean, he was in that ladder match, yeah, that
0: exactly. takeover. So. Um, but I didn't get that. Like he would be mm. like someone like a, a Strowman who, <laughs> you know, would like warrant a handicap match, but okay,
1: that's cool. Um, but what I've seen of that match and what I saw of the, the death, uh, Valley driver that he, um, that Velveteen Dream does onto Ricochet mm-hmm. was beautiful. Really? It was like one of the best ones I've ever seen. I've got, i got to, I've got to catch up on the product. So this just makes me excited for whatever they're going to be doing at whenever the next takeover is. Yeah. Yeah, that's Chicago, I believe, right? Are oh. they doing one in Money in the Bank? I'm not, 100%. Okay. So well, I, have I, c- I can't out. ever keep up with where NXT's pay-per-views are going to Man, be. Man, between yeah.
0: comics and wrestling and <laughs> movies, <laughs> NXT, unfortunately, has fallen on the wayside for me. I have to get back on board. Because every takeover, mm-hmm. basically, I say the same thing. Why the fuck am I not watching this? You know, I've got to do it. And it's like a quick catch-up, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, it's only like they're barely an hour show. You know, so I feel like I can get caught up pretty quickly. I just have to binge it for like a weekend. So, but yeah, no, I, that's good to know. I got, I got to really, because um, I'm interested to see too what they're doing with Adam Cole.
1: Oh yeah. You know, so an undisputed. That's that's been looking great as well. Like all the little things I see on Instagram of them working together, how they are as a team, that all looks very enjoyable. Yeah but I'm not watching for some reason <laughs> it instead just I'm suffering through three hours of fucking Raw exactly. and it I don't know it doesn't feel why. like they're underneath the same fucking umbrella
0: I could have watched like three or four shows NXT shows in the time it took me to watch Raw because I did not watch that all the way through mm. I had to pause multiple times it was grueling it was like a fucking chore so oh god yeah no fuck it next Monday I'm watching NXT I'm not watching Raw <laughs> you've been cancelled Raw <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hopefully Fox picks you up, too. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, where are we headed, Christian? Well, I think it's time to talk a little bit about comics.
0: Now, you read something I did not read this week. You read Quicksilver No Surrender.
1: Yeah, I was kind of interested to see where they were going with Quicksilver at the end. Because we, we we both know, this is comics, Quicksilver didn't die. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of basically said that at the end of No uh-huh. Surrender, though. That he's somewhere out
0: there in the Marvel Speed Force, you know. Exactly. So, um, and we had Synopsis, Dr. Voodoo, and, oh no, not Dr. Brother Voodoo, and uh Scarlet Witch. Yes. On the hunt for Quicksilver. Teaming
1: up to go find him. That's right. They are not in this book whatsoever. Just, oh! Uh, so, <laughs> that off. Well, I'm surprised by that. <laughs> But let me read this little thing that they put. All right. Um, Quicksilver's super speed and abrasive personality have always isolated him, but he's never been truly alone until now. Trapped beyond the perception of friends, family, and allies, Quicksilver wages a one-man guerrilla war against a monster that he's not even sure is real to save the world that he may never be a part of again. Um, It's very... It's kind of, like, trippy the way he's in this world. Because once once you get there, everything is frozen. It's all, like, black and white except for him. Okay. And it's it's very interesting the way... It it almost gives me this vibe of uh, Mr. Miracle in some ways. The way the art is being done, at least. Okay. Um, But at the same time, I didn't like the way it was being written... And his constant complaining. Like I get that he's alone and he's stuck in this world and he's trying to figure out how to um, survive at this point. Yeah. But it just felt like it. I. It wasn't sold to me. It felt very whiny and like. Yeah, it's
0: Quicksilver though. He's yeah. a whiny little bitch. So I'm not surprised that the first thing you said was the constant complaining because that is Quicksilver. Um. <laughs> He's never been a strong enough character for me to like follow in any kind of solo book mm-hmm. of his, you know, and they usually don't last very long. Um, but yeah, I, I and the fact that they're saying that he's not used to being alone, I feel like Quicksilver is a loner. You know, he's mm-hmm. usually annoyed by everyone else. Um but I guess maybe that's a defense mechanism or that's due to everyone, you know, for him, in his eyes, everyone's moving like at a snail's pace. Mm-hmm. But You know, I mean, I like the idea behind this, but
1: I mean, how did you feel? Where did you think this was going? Well, at the very end, it shows he's like standing on this hill and he looks across like the city and he sees all these different lines of color flying around. And so I'm assuming that these are just different entities that are alive. In this world that he's going to be encountering. So is this like a speed realm that he's in? I'm I'm gonna guess.
0: Are they trying to set up like the Marvel's like speed
1: force kind of? That's how it feels. It feels... This very much felt like a flash storyline. Okay. Like he broke time by running too fast. And now he's stuck in this weird realm. And he runs into a like evil almost version of himself. Okay, that kills another. That tries to kill another being that he saved in the past. That looks very much like him as well. Well, that's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> they they mention this all in the story. He's like, yeah, this being that looks like me tried to kill another being that looks like me, that's frozen in time. Are these supposed to be different versions of
0: Quicksilver,
1: or I don't know. I don't know okay. if it's like a negative. Oh, version God. of him? Are, or gonna, are they going to go that on the nose with the That's, flash? I don't know. <laughs> are we getting the uh, Professor Zoom? Like, I think with this storyline, I will pick up one more issue and give just it a shot. to see if it's going anywhere. But for me, this like this fell flat in a lot of spots. Okay,
0: I was really think, thinking that it was going to be about that group of heroes, exactly. you know, Scarlet Witch and everyone hunting for Quicksilver and trying to figure out what happened. You know, I like the fact that they, like, basically freed him of his fear of, you know, going as fast as he can. Like, mm-hmm. kind of unleashed his power. I like that concept. And I kind of like the concept of giving, like, his speed. And, like, Marvel speeder, speedsters, if you will. And there's not many Marvel-like speedsters. Like, giving them their own, like, you know, mythology. You mm-hmm. know, kind of like how, you know, the DC speedsters have. Like, the whole Flashverse over there in DC. I like that concept, but I don't want it to be a carbon copy either. Yeah. you know? And what you just described to me sounds very much like a carbon copy of, you know, what The Flash, you know, his whole universe is about, you know, the whole Speed Force thing. Exactly. You know, if they're going to have like a cosmic treadmill, on, Dark you know? <laughs> so, um, Yeah. So, yeah. right. So, but yeah. So I, we'll see. We'll see where, where they go. Who is this written by? I've never even heard of S- Selden. Yeah, I don't know how to say that name. <laughs> okay. So I do not recognize
1: the name. So
0: I'll probably read the first issue, and like you, you know, I'm curious
1: to see, you know, what
0: it, it sounds interesting. In it place.
1: sounds very interesting. And I like that it's like it's going to be a thriller of story, but I don't know where it goes. I don't know how much this affects anything else that's going on, especially with the name No Surrender tied to it. I don't know how much this is uh, tied to that actual story. For me, I felt like this could have been just Quicksilver number one. It didn't need to be. Quicksilver. Yeah, because I
0: saw this and it feels like a direct tie-in. Mm. It makes it makes it almost feel dated now because we know where everything's moved on exactly. with the Avengers. So, um, it just feels like leftovers. So, but I was curious to see what happened with you know Quicksilver. Quicksilver's arc in No Surrender was one of my favorite arcs in No Surrender. Um, you know, but I was also okay with like them leaving that uh, mm-hmm. mystery for a little bit longer and letting that like loss of Quicksilver resonate a little more
1: with the characters but obviously they had other plans. That was another thing that kind of bothered me is that the beginning of this book is basically explaining how we got here okay. It's like I just came out of No Surrender. I just so read it's... 16 issues yeah. Yeah. <laughs> weekly so I kind of yeah. know. Yeah. Like, I feel like as someone coming in from it Un, like, un, like not knowing what was going on. Yeah, then, was, yeah, I get it.
0: Yeah, know?
1: and usually Marvel's
0: pretty good with that, where they, you know, because they always do that intro page where they kind of set up the whole story, which I enjoy. Um, but you, you feel like they wasted way too much time recapping yeah. everything. Yeah. And and was, I'm sure it's only like a couple pages, but still, well, you only get 21 pages, so <laughs> I mean, that takes a nice chunk of it. So, um, moving on, uh, you read Hunt for Wolverine calls yes, of a Killer. Of a killer. All right, I will read this one. Uh, Keep your friends dead, but your enemies deader. Okay, fine. As <laughs> word spreads that Wolverine may have returned from the grave, a handful of his greatest adversaries come together to track him down and put him back there. But the brutal and horrific nightmare that Sabertooth, Lady Deathstrike, and Duncan, uh uncover... Could lead to even more death than even these vicious killers can handle. Um. I enjoyed the setup for this. Mm-hmm. Um. Basically, they show like this government team kind of setting up this whole test site on this town. Um. Basically, like destroying it or setting off some kind of bomb. Um, Wolverine could have been involved somehow. We see Wolverine is mysteriously there. We're not quite sure time-wise yeah. where this is. Um, but then you've got, uh, Sabretooth, Lady Deathstrike, and Dagon, like, you know, on his trail. Like, they, they have all come together, um, Sabretooth and Lady Deathstrike have confronted Dagon about, like, hunting down, um, uh, Wolverine. And, you know, the possibility that he might still be alive, um you know, it seems like it's, like, all these savage killers, too, the way it's set up at the end where Mm -hmm. you see that the townspeople are actually all, like, now, you know, the living dead, you know? (laughs) I thought that was kind of interesting. But I didn't quite get where those three characters were Mm -hmm. at this point, and I haven't been following them, you know, that much. Where I left those three characters was basically at like the death of Wolverine, where they all to me felt like they came to like this almost understanding with Wolverine or like his like I don't know just his like his lineage and like what he actually meant to them. And Sabretooth was an Avenger a little bit ago and an X-Men too. So he's had this hero turn. So I don't understand why we're getting lines like you know, well, we got to make sure that he stays in the ground. Like, things, like, it just felt mm-hmm. like, okay, wait a second, what saber-tooth is this? And what the fuck did I miss? <laughs> so, I, I was a little confused, because even Lady Deathstrike seemed like she came to, at least he was dead, and she respected him. And it, maybe it was because he was dead that she was able to, like, okay, I can honor your memory and respect you know, what's happening. almost felt like they were teasing a hero turn for Lady Deathstrike for a
1: while. Um, so, I, I don't know. I was confused. Very odd. For me, this, the way this story played out, it felt very like we just want something fast-paced and action storyline. Uh-huh. Like, this came off as, like, one of those, like, C-movies that I would have gotten at Blockbuster when I was just bored because <laughs> I just saw action was on it. I I enjoyed the setup.
0: But I definitely see where you're going with that, where it felt like, you know, kind of like something that you would see late night on USA. Yeah. You know, some horror movie or something like that. I, I like... I think I like the concepts more than I like the execution. I just wish they would have done a little more explaining, like, wait, wait, why does Sabretooth want Wolverine mm. dead if he's all of a sudden supposed to be one of the good guys? And now I hate Sabretooth as a hero. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I hate Lady Deathstrike as a hero. <laughs> so I, I but just continuity-wise, I was kind of confused on where we're at. You know, cuz Sabertooth uh, is part of Weapon X yeah, right part now, of the right? X and book and... he's supposed to be leading, I believe, with the fresh start, he's going to be leading his own like version of X-Force too. So, it, I I have no idea why does he want War? Maybe that's a mystery that, you know, we have to uncover. I don't know. Maybe it'll explain more next issue. I'll definitely read next issue. Um I did enjoy this once again more than the Daredevil Hunt for Wolf But um yeah. Yeah. It leaves a little like me wanting more. You know, story-wise. Mm-hmm. So um
1: I mean you're gonna get more, but how did you feel about that ending? I enjoyed the ending. You enjoyed it? So I enjoyed do you feel I that, that he is was... dead. No. <laughs>
0: No, absolutely, absolutely not. He's got a healing factor.
1: Well, he says healing factor's not working. Ah, bullshit. Whatever. Come on, man. <laughs> Comics. Come on. I say this as we're reading a book about Wolverine coming back from Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Dickon
0: was dead, like, just two years ago. So, you know, whatever. And I
1: even felt like Dickon came to
0: terms with Wolverine also. Yeah. I'm confused. So, <laughs> we'll see. And maybe I missed something. If you know what the hell's going on, let us know. Yeah, we are very <laughs> confused. We're cu- we're curious. Um obviously we read the book, so
1: how are you feeling about these Hunt for Wolverine books so far? You know, I get what their structure is. I I'm still I hope that there's another like Hunt for Wolverine just solo book mm-hmm. that follows maybe what the fuck Wolverine is actually doing because I'm I'm wondering like Are these books just
0: going to be, like, misadventures of people trying to hunt for Wolverine and not really going anywhere?
1: That's what it feels like.
0: Like, right? Doesn't it feel that way right now? And we're only, like, an issue into each one of these. Mandaport just came out this week. I have Mm -hmm. not had a chance to read that yet. We'll review it next episode. Um, So I'm hoping for a little more clarity with that issue. But, yeah, I know that they're doing... I think this all ends in August, so we've got a while to go. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, and there's a lot of these books. Mm-hmm. So I, I really hope they're... Because it's going to get exhausting after <laughs> if these stories aren't leading anywhere mm-hmm. or we're not getting any kind of answers. So at and least I give just... us a few answers each, you know, for each series. Yeah. I'm
1: okay with that. Then I still like the new Avengers book that they just put out. So, I mean, I've no, enjoyed that. No, I enjoyed that, but this is definitely a step below
0: that. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I definitely, you know. I'm, I like
0: these characters. I like these three characters. I just don't understand their motives right now. So maybe if I understood their motives more... I could get behind it a little more. So, zombies are cool. <laughs> I like zombies. So, I don't know if I need them in my Barclay universe. Oh man, come on. I need them everywhere. Eh. Please. Walking to work.
1: Eh, I zombies don't know if you want walking to work. Okay. Oh,
0: come on. I'm prepared. I'm ready, Christian. <laughs> I'm one of those people who feel like I'm ready for the zombie apocalypse. It's you all about the high ground. ground. It's all about the high ground, man. <laughs> Two as in a basement. <laughs> It's not a zombie apocalypse right now, Christian.
1: <laughs> you don't know that.
0: <laughs> Basement's a perfect place for a podcast. Not a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Although the basement worked out for Naya dead so I stand corrected. Okay. That's a cellar, though. There's no windows in that basement. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've fallen down a rabbit hole, and I need to yes. <laughs> be
1: saved. Don't worry. There will be plenty of time to talk about zombies. Yes.
0: Tomorrow, right? All right. So, Infinity Countdown, Daredevil.
1: Um, The Mind Stone has reemerged into the universe in the middle of the New York underworld, and in the most (laughs) unlikely of hands. Can even Daredevil keep Hell's Kitchen from falling under the influence of an Infinity Stone's immense power? Um, I felt like this book was lazy. Huh. Yeah, I can see that. I thought it was a, a little fun, just like Rob with him having the Mind Stone. I felt like Daredevil figured out things way too quickly in line. <laughs> like,
0: somehow he realized that... So, basically, they're in line for court. Daredevil is, you know, Matt Murdock. You know, mm. he's about to, like, he's going to for court. And Turk's ahead of him in line. For some reason, Daredevil can see the stone, the mind yeah. stone on his cane. But then, for some reason, like, instantly he knows that Turk is kind of reading his mind. Like, he kind of pieces this all together, you know, within, like, a minute, like, one page of dialogue. Um, It just, there was too many, like, easy, like, convenient things Mm -hmm. happening there. Um, I was actually really looking forward to this book. I felt like uh, Turk also kind of figured out that someone was reading his mind very quickly, too. You know, in a room full of like a bunch of people, yeah. Like that, he was able to pinpoint that. Oh, that hobo that I stabbed in the past
1: must be here. Just yeah. seemed like okay. I and mean, maybe he's mastering those powers. I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. Like, maybe I didn't know. Is he seeing the memories that Daredevil is recalling? I don't know. It wasn't like, very clear to me. I don't.
0: You know, know. this is by Duggan, who did um, some Deadpool stuff. He actually had a big long run, I believe, on Deadpool. Um, but yeah, I was not necessarily a fan of this story. I also felt like once Daredevil confronted Turk, um, and Turk's already kind of set up as like a mini kingpin at this point, mm-hmm. like the battle goes way too quickly and Daredevil's just kind of like, he gets hit a couple times by the cane and he's like, okay, I'll see you later. I'll get you next well, time. Well, it not the
1: point that he changed his mind. Yeah. He says, forget about the gem. And he's like... All right, I'll you know I'm giving you a warning. Oh, oh, he tells he. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So Turk convinces
0: him. I didn't even get that. So Turk convinced yeah. him to change, but he still tells him, "I'll I'll be
1: back" or whatever. Though. He he just it it seems like he left him with a warning. So right? he did like a Jedi mind trick yes. on him. Okay. He says, "Forget about the stone," and you see in the panel where the stone would have been in his vision, it's not there anymore. Oh, maybe I was just so annoyed at that point. <laughs> I
0: was like, he hit him twice with the cane, and then Daredevil's his bailing. Right? Mm. Okay, that makes sense. I did not get that at all. Thank you for that clarity. So, that makes a little more sense. I still don't like the story, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, he basically Jedi mind-tricked him yeah. into, like, forgetting about the stone. Like, so, shouldn't the story just be over now?
1: <laughs> yes, but... I think we're going to see more of the. Although I don't know how
0: many of these, do we get any more of these tie I don't even know how many. Um, I have to. I think it's mostly. I think I don't think there's another Daredevil. It's mostly so Darkhawk. Yeah, it's a lot of Darkhawk. A lot <laughs> of Darkhawk. I mean, I'd be.
1: I, I feel like this would be unfortunate if they leave. If, if we go into like the Infinity War book and with Turk his with the stone. stone, like I want to see Turk having to deal with the fact that aliens are going to be coming after his ass.
0: Yeah, because right now he seems like he's using it for really small time yeah. good stuff. Like even the way he was set up as the kingpin, he's not really like he's got like a like a condo
1: with a few bodyguards. Why would he even need to make that deal with the guy in the court to have his men cover him? Why didn't he just go to his men and be like, "You're covering"? Yeah,
0: exactly. Like I don't understand. And like Bullseye, because Bullseye's introduced, to yes, him, which I thought was the one cool thing. I was like, "All right, I'm I love Bullseye," so I was I was on board seeing Bullseye in any book. But, like, why didn't he just use the Mind Stone on Bullseye? Because then you have just basically this, like, you know, rabid dog at your fingertips.
1: I mean, may- and maybe we'd be saying a different story. If he did do it, we'd be saying, oh, this is all just very convenient writing. But I don't know. I mean, it just feels like if he can literally get Daredevil to forget that he has the
0: Mind Stone, why can't he do that with that? I room? don't know. Because I didn't piece that together, you know, but I just felt like the storytelling was all kind of lazy and, I don't know very It almost made me
1: wish that Wilson Fisk had the Mind Stone instead of him. I feel like that that would have been a much more interesting character to have it. He would probably rule the world if Wilson
0: Fisk had it. It would definitely be more interesting to see. I mean, it's different that Turk has it, Mm. you know. He's, you know, has such history with, you know, Daredevil. That was another thing that annoyed me, and this is just me being a continuity nerd. The fact that Matt Murdock felt like if Turk saw him in the courtroom he would identify him as the bum that he stabbed. Mm-hmm. Like, he's had to in all these years since that <laughs> stabbing seeing Matt Murdock, uh-huh. you know, in the papers and this. So that just felt like, wait, what? That's the reason why you're bailing right now? That just, I didn't get it. You know, And maybe right at that point is probably when I got turned up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is literally like the
1: third page. So <laughs> They can't all be winners. All right. Apparently not. (laughs) Yeah, this definitely, this tie-in just, I don't just Mm. didn't do it for me.
0: Well, moving on. We got the second issue of The Avengers. Yes. The Fresh Start, Marvel's Fresh Start Avengers. So, let's recap a little. Black Panther and Doctor Strange battle for their lives deep within the Earth. Captain Marvel battles death and destruction raining down from the skies, while Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America lead a valiant yet hopeless fight against the final host of the Dark Celestials and Ghost Rider and Savage Hawk make brutal war against each other. Plus, you can't have a gathering of Avengers without a certain prince of lies, now can you? Um. I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed the first issue. Um, this was definitely action-packed um I liked all the character like interactions Mm -hmm. that were happening um I definitely liked the time that they gave Ghost Rider in this um even though it was just kind of like a huge battle between him and Savage Hulk um She-Hulk I did not know like it it was a nice eye-opening book for me to see kind of where She-Hulk is as a character right now because I've kind of lost track of of her like since uh Civil War 2 um and she just is not in control when she no, she's you know, that, which is so different than what the character has mm. been in the past, who's like very controlled, um, almost unhawk like. So I, I kind of I dug that mm. about her. Um, I'm curious to see what Loki's long game is. It kind of seems like it's very like you know out of like the '60s that like he's just trying to punish mankind, you know, mm. with these like dark celestials. Um, I feel like that's not really the real motive, and we'll find out more soon. Um, maybe he's just trying to rally the Avengers against them in some weird, twisted, Loki way. Um, and you know what? The art didn't bother
1: me as much. Oh, yeah. This, this time it didn't bother me as much.
0: Yeah, it wasn't as, it didn't feel as animated to Ooh, me. Yeah. This is McGinnis. Um, who's, that's his style. But for some reason, I don't know if it was because it was taking place at night or whatever, it just didn't feel as like cartoony to me. Um, whenever the, the, you know, and I think I said this last episode, but with that cartoony kind of feel in the books, no matter how serious the story is, mm-hmm. it always waters it down for me. Um, it always comes off almost cheesy when I see that kind of artwork. It's just a turn off for me. So, but this didn't feel that way. I actually enjoyed a lot of these panels. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed his panel use, too. I thought he did a great job of, like, and I feel like it's something unreal underrated you know with artists like how they set up these panels yeah, yeah. um you know I mean so much of the storytelling is all about that panel usage and he did a really good job this issue setting up the action with that like panel usage so um but yeah overall I enjoyed this book I really did
1: yeah I appreciated that uh especially since the first book She-Hulk and uh Ghost Rider were the least came out I like, had the least amount of time in the book this book they had it was pretty much them two Plus, Loki's monologue going throughout the entire book. Yes,
0: I did enjoy that narrative, mm. too. I mean, you knew, like, right off the bat that it was Loki,
1: correct? Yeah, I had yeah. a good feeling. I was like, this is, this yeah. is Loki, right? It's green
0: tinted <laughs> and everything, yeah. Yeah, now I'm... Because with Legacy, where this book, you know, this mm-hmm. whole story kind of originates from that one shot, the whole Infinity, you know, countdown story started also. So I thought these stories would, like... Yes
1: kind not collide. Like, he, like interacts with Wolverine saying yes, that he, he wants to, to get the stone to and, protect us from something.
0: Yes. And he's still part of that story over there. I just, I don't know, I felt like they are more interwoven though. Mm. Like the Celestials and the Stones and maybe they are and we aren't seeing it but right now they feel very separate. Yes. You know, just not what I was expecting at all with these books. You know, I thought they were kind of, you know, tying together and leading to a bigger like, you know, story so and we'll see maybe they are but yeah um yeah overall though i really enjoyed this 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 was a good avengers book this is what an avengers book Mm -hmm. is supposed to feel like to me this is a lot different than what we've been getting the past couple years from like wade and stuff so um you know we'll see we'll see and i like i think it definitely helps that you know it was literally two weeks after
1: the first issue oh yeah Yeah, I'm not a big fan of waiting month after month. And no, nowadays, I, I mean, know. when you've got entertainment, like, at your fingertips, I think it's
0: harder for comic book fans to wait that long, you know? I mean, but yeah they still, it doesn't just, seem to give a crap.
1: <laughs> it just makes me feel so bad for Doomsday Clock.
0: Oh, God. Uh, that's another story altogether. <laughs> I don't know, because it's been a great story, but I don't. Like, I can't remember even what the hell's going on right now, you know, if you ask me. So, I mean, we've got, what, another three or four weeks till it drops to the next issue? Or no, even longer, right? I think they sure. even announced another delay or something. Yeah, And that book was all already stretched out over a year. So now we're looking at almost like a two-year span.
1: For I book. mean, we'll get to it because um, there were, like, I opened up uh, New Justice. No Justice, not New Justice. Um, (laughs) No Justice, and there was an ad for Doomsday Clock. I was like, I completely forgot about this book. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, me too. Yeah, I know it's coming out, I believe, in June sometime, so... I won't hold my breath, though. So, I've learned. I've
1: learned better. Mm. So... But yeah, let's move on to X-Men Red. Uh, Jean Grey and her team of X-Men are trying to save the world, but one mutant could spoil... That for everyone. When an old friend of Jean's is corrupted and turned against her, will Jean have to do the unthinkable? Da-da-dum- I love that they used that as the tag. <laughs> like that lasted what, like
0: three pages maybe? Not even. Like right? maybe two. I almost felt like Storm was way too easily defeated. You know, yeah. I know she was, you know, being, you know, mind controlled by Cassandra, but I mean yeah. Storm's like one of the most powerful mutants in the world so one of the most powerful beings you Mm. know in the world let alone mutants so I felt like that was a little too easily you know like done away with Um, it was a cool moment though to see her like on Wakanda just you know wrecking like havoc but yeah no, a little too easy like I thought that was gonna be the whole book you know after last issue I'm glad it wasn't (laughs) I'm glad we got more story but Mm. you gotta get me more than like a two or three page battle.
1: I don't know how I feel about having sentinel nano like robots being like the like main tool that the anime is using. You know, um, I think it harkens
0: back to Grant Morrison's run on New X-Men, which is he introduced Cassandra Nova um, and she was all about the nano sentinels. So um, I don't like the way they're using them. Mm. That being said, Um, they felt very different in the new X-Men book and more dangerous this just seems like an easier way to like control people you know without it just being her telepathically because I'm not sure why they're not just you. like she's one of the most powerful telepaths in the world she's on par with Professor X she's his twin sister so like technically I feel like she could just mind control all these people it feels like really it's just
1: to. a tool for them to use the, um, the technopath new, yes
0: the new you know. mutant that they have you know, and kind of introduce like how scary technology because it really is just a huge metaphor mm. about like technology and how people are using it against us right now, you know, social media and everything. So I really feel like they're, you know, that's the metaphor they're trying to go for. But I don't know, like this issue felt a little flat to me overall with the way that they're kind of like the last three issues have had a great message. And I felt like they did a great job of really delivering that message mm. where this felt a little just off. This was definitely more of a filler issue, trying to get characters from A to B. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't a bad issue, don't get me wrong, but it was more definitely just all about setup. Mm. So, and I a lot less about
1: story. I definitely, like, finished this issue not feeling very good about X-Men Red. I don't know. I mean, we went back and forth on this earlier with the Mm -hmm. conversation of it ends with her saying, I want to build a new nation for uh, mutants, but we don't know if that's a metaphor or if she's being serious about creating a nation.
0: Yeah. And you brought up a good point. She did go to like United Nations and she doesn't get to really lay out her plan because she's Mm -hmm. confronted by that angry senator who's being controlled by Cassandra Nova. Um, I didn't at that point, didn't believe that she was talking about, like, another, like, genosha or, you know, extopia or whatever. You know, there's been so many different versions of, like, a mutination the last, like, decade. Um, It's kind of a tired thing. It feels like, to me, I felt like, you know, with, like, gene gathering all that brain trust and, like, trying to, like, solve this problem with everyone... I felt like she'd have a bigger plan, a grander plan. I'm still hoping that's the mm-hmm. case. I saw it as more of a metaphor when I first read it. Um, but I could see why you would fear it as like, okay, we just saw this. We literally just saw this in Secret Empire, um, where they beast in uh Emma. Yeah, like you saw how terrible it was yes. for them. And I mean, but it always ends horribly. Yes. And it kind of goes I feel like it goes against the metaphor of what the X-Men truly are about. They're not isolationists. They want to, like, coexist mm-hmm. with humankind. So it goes against mission statements. So it just feels like Jean has been having, like, a bigger picture feel. Like, and she's going to introduce this new chapter for mutants altogether. For this to be, if that's what the case is, where it's just like, oh, I just want another, you know, mutination. That's kind of a dud to me.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I completely agree with what you're saying. I feel like this is definitely missing a like, a story that they could be telling right now as well. I mean, you you have all these stories that they've been doing with each issue, you know, going a different uh, issue that's going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. Why not go after equality as well? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a that, that's perfect narrative for them right Cause now.
0: Because that's always annoyed me about, you know, all that, you know. And a lot of that had to do with Cyclops, you know, kind of taking almost like a heel turn, if mm. you will, you know, and almost like kind of siding with like almost like magneto's like way of thinking because that's very much a magneto thing you know he set up you know asteroid m where it was like all the mutants living in like you know heaven and like having their own little world and everything and that's really what cyclops was doing the last like 10 years with all these different versions of that um so it's a little disappointing to see that gene would go back to that way of thinking you know, because it never mm. seemed like her way of thinking. So, and maybe, and like I said, we it's literally, we're judging this off of one sentence at the end of the book. Um, and maybe that's a bigger, you know, there's a bigger story to be told here. So um, so I'll pump the brakes a little. I mean, <laughs> every mutant that
1: she showed seemed completely amazed by what her vision was, mm-hmm. but we just don't know what that was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I
0: felt like it was more of a rallying cry. Mm. is like, no, I really mean a nation. Like We're all, we're, we're done with humankind, you know? Because it really seemed like... I mean, she's been dead through a lot of it, but... Yeah, but no, she was there for Genosha. She was there during New X-Men when that, that whole Cassandra Nova wiped out Genosha. So, I mean, she's seen it end very badly. So it feels like, I don't know if she'd want to go back there, right? And it was something that they weren't on board with. The X-Men mm. were not at that point on board with it all, so I don't see why she would also change her mind. Um, She did go to the United Nations, and she did seem like she was trying to state her case. I thought it was more going to be, like, about mutant rights, and, Mm. you know, we'll see. We'll see exactly what happens. Justice League, no justice number two. Yes. The team arrives at Bryniak's homeworld to find it's already in chaos only by splitting up and journeying to the four cosmic trees of Kalu. Kalu? Kolu? I'm gonna say Kolu. <laughs> I yeah, I say Kolu. So Alright, I... Kolu. Uh will they have any hope of saving the planet? But what's waiting for them will test the
1: true metal of their new alliance. You know, Damon, I I really I was surprised how much I enjoyed this book mm-hmm. until I started to think about how much this feels like metal. <laughs> I started like this feels like the beginning of metal. For me, at least. well, I enjoyed the beginning of that. Exactly.
0: So I'm okay with that, you know, with it being the. I mean, it's Spy Snyder, mm-hmm. so it definitely had Snyderisms in it. Um,
1: what what what's your concern? My concern is that it's going to fall very flat. Now the there's view. only two more issues. There's only two more issues, but it is
0: setting up Snyder's Justice League.
1: Yeah, and I don't know what his plan is for that, and that's going to be a much grander. Yes, longer, longer story. Line. Sounds like it's
0: all going to be multiverse like you know shit happening um, and, and possibly with some versions of these different teams. I enjoyed it overall. Mm. Um, the whole reveal at the end with Brainiac 2.0 was a little flat for me just because I don't know much about the character. Mm. Um, I didn't like the fact he kind of alluded to Brainiac maybe leading them astray. And not telling them, like, you know, the complete truth. I felt like that was too early for of a reveal to me. Um, you know, I mean,
1: it's expected. I get what you're saying. I didn't, I didn't get that when I read that. I felt more it was, Brainiac was, didn't want this to happen. Well, what he's kind of
0: alluding to is the fact that the real reason that he... Like, basically, he set up where Earth is going to be attacked next hmm. to rally the troops... And really, Brainiac's long-term plan was for him, for the heroes, to save his planet, you know, first. And that he didn't really give a shit about, you know, the heroes. And he was the, you know, so... Which is fine. That's totally Brainiac. Yes, well, it is. I just didn't (laughs) like the reveal right then, you know, the second issue. From this character that I don't really know much about, you know, so (laughs) I don't know. Um, Because I kind of like the idea of, like, you know, it makes sense to me, you know, that... Yeah, these villains even though yeah there are villains like they're not going to all of a sudden just you know go and you know hide away when these big threats come you know they have stakes too in the mm. game so it makes sense to me that they would rally and try to like solve these issues and everything because it's their worlds their universe too so I kind of liked that concept and that kind of just did away with everything mm. um, you know a little too quickly for me um, I was kind of expecting there to be like, oh, Brainiac actually plan- planned for all this, you know, at the end. Like, that kind
1: of reveal happening. Yeah, I, I had that same feeling. I was like, oh, he's going to say Brainiac wanted this. Yeah,
0: like, there's something like, you know, like, okay, he actually planned for this, mm. and this is why this is going on. And maybe that's still long-term what's going to end up happening. I just, you know, I really enjoy the way Brainiac was portrayed in the first issue, and this kind of left me like, eh, I don't know. I don't know, that kind of diluted that, you know, that enjoyment of that first issue for me. Overall, though, I still liked the book. Mm. You know, I like the different teams, I like them working together. I thought it was a fun adventure. Um, you know, it wasn't too much of like, let's sit around and discuss exactly what's happening or why this is happening. It was there was more action to it. Um, but there definitely was mm. some of that happening. But Snyder can do that well, where he can really give you those long, drawn-out monologues, but there's, like, tons of action happening at the same time. He does a really good job of that. Um, You know, and that's what we saw in the beginning of Metal. But then it really went downhill for the where then the issues were literally just characters explaining exactly what happened in the past issue and what was going to happen in this issue. So, um, luckily, he only has four issues. I don't
1: see that happening it lends itself with the name to you No know, Justice. Like, the way that they end each book is like something really negative happens, and then they say, no! Something more negative happens. Justice! Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, that's how... I, that's, I'm I'm waiting for the end of this to be something terrible. Like, maybe even they lose this planet, and they then have to fight. That's what the next start of Justice League is, is them defending Earth at this point. That's mm-hmm. I, how I kind of see this going. See, I feel like,
0: I feel like they're going to end up defeating, um, what are these beings called? God
1: damn it! And like, I I know their names, but I can't. They're not Celestials, but they feel very much. They're Celestials, celestials. right? The DC Celestials,
0: Omega Titans.
1: Fantastic name. It feels like he was, like, pulling names out of a hat. Like, well, they went on, like, a website, and there's just, like, random generate names. Yeah, ex- yeah, like there's an app for villains.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Name a villain app. Omega Titans. Good. Sure, buddy. Um, but anyway. They're Celestials. Yes, they look exactly like <laughs> Celestials, but whatever. And, I mean, DC fans can turn that around on us, but I believe the Celestials has been around a lot longer it's so. been
1: around since the beginning so,
0: of the universe yes well and it's a giant being like almost the beginning of marvel so you know it's just very yeah,
1: yeah. You're a fucking
0: it's, it looks very very curvy so um but yeah they i i enjoyed it i did enjoy it i, I gotta say I, the art is gorgeous in this book mm. um it really you know and i think it really helps the story um and like I said, like I, I actually enjoyed everything too with Green uh, Arrow and uh, Waller. Yes. Also, that's kind of cool setup. Although, how much did this feel like no surrender when you find out that all the other heroes that Brainiac did not pick for these missions are in stasis? So everyone else, all these other heroes that are out there who could be rushing to save the day, are all frozen in stasis. It's like, oh, okay. And Brainiac's the one who did that.
1: I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know. This all just feels weird. Yeah. But at the same time it felt like it was going somewhere. I think that's what made me Like I enjoy said, I, it. I think so like I love the interactions between
0: like Garth and like Luthor and mm-hmm. Batman and Lobo. Like that's my team right now. Um I really like liked Lobo giving like Beast Boy a pep talk. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. I thought that was fun. Yeah, and that's what Snyder does best is, like, those fun kind of interactions. Things that you don't really, like, ever think about or, like, these characters, you know, you know, being together and um, giving you those moments. Like, Well,
1: that. I love Beast Boy keeps asking, why am I on this team? I don't understand. Exactly. And then, like, <laughs> you know,
0: Lobo basically giving him a pep talk to, like, just unleash his powers, mm-hmm. um, which he turns into this giant lion-like beast thing, um, which was pretty badass. So I, you know... So far, so good with me. I, I I have enjoyed it. Yes, it does echo a lot of other stories, maybe mm-hmm. you know, but it's still kind of a fun adventure, right? So I, I'm okay with it right now, so far, you know. But lately, Snyder has jumped <laughs> the arc midway through, uh-huh. you know, uh, the shark midway through his arcs, if you will. So we'll see. We're at that midway point. So I might be singing a different tune next week. Exactly. All right, that's gonna wrap up our long box. Yep. So, it looks like next week's going to be a little uh, thin on the pool list, though.
1: There's still plenty of books. Is there? What's coming out? There's going to be the... We're going to talk about uh, Manjapur team. Uh, I'm going to have to look at the list because I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think we're a little late. That's okay. we got plenty to talk about otherwise. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> When, when you have an opportunity to talk about Star Wars, yes. it's going to go on, yes. and, all, and I'm sure know. something stupid's going to happen in the world of wrestling. So <laughs> exactly.
0: we'll be fine.
1: Not but that yeah. it already happened. I think
0: because I was looking at Marvel's side, and there wasn't much besides okay. um You know, that's okay. You know, we had a healthy amount of books to read this week, so you know, well, maybe I'll actually catch Star up. Hawk, on, you know? Maybe I'll actually catch up on Vader now. Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> so all right uh did you see anything uh special this weekend
1: oh um, i did i did it was the sequel to you know the very first deadpool film oh that family fun classic exactly <laughs> you want to read the little blurb or should i um i can read it that's fine all right um mutant mercenary wade wilson brings together a team of fellow mutant rogues to protect a young boy with supernatural abilities from the brutal, time-traveling cyborg, Cable. And that's all they say in this blurb, but we know that there's a lot more to this story. <laughs> Who was there? <laughs> well, <laughs> to a degree. I mean, yeah. I very much so, Cable is kind of the mainline villain throughout this story. Yes,
0: which we didn't really see. Yeah. <sighs> He is, but he isn't, in a way. Yeah. Right? He needs just to be proven. We know that he's not really the villain, though, yes. right away. Right off the bat. So it's a little different, <laughs> like, storytelling-wise. Because we know why, what his motives are, mm-hmm. um, and we know, you know, they, they feel noble. you know? He, he basically witnesses his family getting slaughtered by this mutant in the future, and he's gone back in time to stop it from happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wade is protecting this child at the time at all costs. Um, now I did not expect the movie to start the way that it did. Um, we did, we kind of talked about it, um, last episode, we did get the death of Wade's girlfriend. Um, you know, but I got to
1: stop calling murders.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's very much in the books. Mm. So I wasn't completely, you know, surprised by that. Um, but where it took us, I was surprised. I was, I was surprised it happened so soon, but I was glad it did. I I felt like it got out of the way. Mm. It didn't slow down the story because it felt like if it happened, you know, in the beginning or in the middle of the story, it would have definitely just like brought everything to a crawl. Um, I felt like they dealt with it well too, in a very comedic fashion. Um, you know, I loved all the, you know, references to Logan and everything. Mm. And this movie is just reference after reference oh, yeah. after reference it's insane the amount of references um but yeah i i enjoyed everything i enjoyed you know him trying to you know as dark it is him trying to kill himself mm-hmm. you know right i felt like it fit the character um i enjoyed how he did get his vengeance like almost right away i'm glad that that didn't carry on and that's what n- not what the movie was about mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah i You know, but I was a little sad to see Vanessa go, too. You know, at least in the beginning. Yes. I just, I think my, I'm judging the character from the books.
1: Oh, but I'm saying... Potential. Well,
0: we'll we'll talk, yes, we'll talk about (laughs) where that ends up. So at first I was a little, I love the way they did it, too. I love the title cards that they used. Like, you know, this asshole, or, you know, Mm. can you believe this monster? You know, what he just did. You know, or, like, did she just... Did they just really kill her? Like, you know,
1: things like that for the titles. I thought that was really cool. Because I didn't even catch it at first. And Yeah, I I forgot that they do that. Yeah. I'm, like, not paying attention for it because I'm like, oh, it's just an opening crawl. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, look at that. So, I had this guy in front of me who had the worst laugh in the world. (laughs) Like... He was laughing at, like, the smallest joke, like, mm-hmm. at, like, a 10, like, oh, every geez. time. So, like, I almost moved at one point. I think he kind of got the drift from, like, people around him. You know, he, he was like me. He was by himself, but he was laughing a little too loud. It wasn't, it wasn't a socially acceptable laugh, you know, for a movie
1: theater. I was lucky enough to have, like, there was maybe 10, 15 people in my theater. I saw this
0: Friday afternoon,
1: my theater was actually packed. I was surprised, you know. Um, you know it was opening day,
0: um, but, you know, it's a rated R movie at, like, you know, 12 o'clock. So <laughs> I wasn't expecting, you know, a huge crowd, but it was mm. a decent crowd. And th- this movie did very, very well. Um, what did you think about the whole opening sequence and everything with Vanessa?
1: With the opening, um, especially, like, we start off with him blowing himself up. Mm-hmm. and like showing the apartment I actually thought Vanessa broke up with him like at first I was like oh what is it? it's just a breakup and this is his reaction because they show that. like the pictures and everything Yeah. You
0: see right away I was like oh she's dead something happens and then the way they kind of set up the missions I love the montage they did mm-hmm. with him like you know on all the like you know mercenary missions around the world and everything I thought that was really cool too um, you know and a lot of the jokes did land for me I love the fact too in this that they were smart with the trailers. They literally like the scenes that we saw in the trailers did happen, but they changed all the one-liners. Did you notice that? Oh, they changed yeah. a lot of the punchlines. Mm. You know, which was smart. You know, so yeah, I was I was actually caught off guard by like, oh, that's a totally different line. You know, that I was expecting, because there was a lot of those one-liners in the movie mm. and a lot of those scenes in the movie, but they or in the trailer that did not happen in the movie, which I thought was kind of. So they're getting smarter and smarter with their tricks. Well, you know that's all
1: like improv, like they. Were all yes. Oh, I'm sure cartoon. they
0: sprout. I'm sure, like on the DVD and mm. Blu-ray, there'll be like you know twenty different takes of you know each one of those lines. So, um, but yeah, I, I that was refreshing. So I, I love it, especially for comedies, because you know with mm. comedies, it's all about the jokes, and a trailer could just spoil a whole.
1: Comedy. Not for me. I actually
0: not a lot of the jokes really landed with me. Um. I enjoyed most of the jokes, but I agree they didn't land as well as the last Mm. movie. You know? Um, So I do agree with that. I was just more excited by the fact that those trailer lines, you know, those big scenes that they did show in the trailers were different. And it was something, you know, fresh instead of like, okay, but I've seen this like a thousand times now before the movie even came out. But I agree where it didn't hit, like it didn't bat a thousand. Yeah. You know, like less. I would still give it like, you know, it was still batting at a strong, like, 350 for me, you know? So, I mean, it was doing okay. Mm. So, Christian doesn't know baseball, so he doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about
1: batting average was. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a good batting average, 350.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, um, so so you were obviously okay with Vanessa going. Yeah, video, I mean,
1: I, I figured it was going to happen.
0: She feels kind of like baggage, you know, in this universe, mm. you know. Um, Just like
1: even the way that they've the talked character. about what they want to do with this character moving on forward and stuff like that. It seems like her being around kind of... Well, and she's such a civilian, yeah. you know, in
0: this, in this you know, movie universe. So I feel like it really ties him down, you know. And it's, it was an interesting dynamic to have in the first movie, but I don't feel like the character needs to be grounded anymore you know, I feel like, you know, that's okay Mm. to, you know, cut ties there and let him just be completely operating in this, like, superhero world now. Um, But yeah, yeah. I agree. I I was fine with it, honestly. You know, and I I liked that we had waited a different point in his life to start the story, at Mm. least. Um, What did you think about uh, Rusty
1: with Russell? Um, I didn't care much for him.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean you he was just like an asshole throughout the entire time. I mean he was uh it wasn't the yeah. most enjoyable like I didn't get this like sense of innocence from this child. Like he just seemed like I think I didn't care enough about
0: him. Yeah. You know, so I think that kinda hindered the story a little. So basically the setup is Wade is now a X Men in training you know, Colossus is kind of pulled like literally back together again after he, one of the suicide attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they've kind of give him like new motivation. They like are trying to get him to join the team. He goes on a mission and they kind of arrive on the scene with a like swap team surrounding this like teenage boy at this orphanage, which was uh, um, oh, what's his name? Essex. Um, okay. Which is totally uh, a nod to Mr. Sinister. So that's you know Sinister's actual name. Um, So I was actually when I saw that I was like, "Is Mister Sinister in this fucking movie?" And they've hidden this the entire time. So I kind of got really excited, Mm. but then nothing like came of it. And they teased Mister Sinister in is in Logan. I think they teased Mister Sinister in Logan. They've teased in a Mm. a few other X movies. Let's just give us fucking Mister Sinister already, (laughs) people. Stop doing this. Well, they didn't even give us the villain we thought it was going to be. No, but we kind of, right, we talked about this last, mm. right, episode where we kind of like, we're like, if Black Tom is there, fucking Juggernaut is mm. definitely going to be there. And spoilers. I mean, I guess we should have said spoilers before. I said spoilers. Okay. Oh, did you? Okay. I did. <laughs> spoilers. And if we're doing a review, fuck you. It's obviously spoilers. <laughs> you know, why you listen to reviews before you see the movie? Um, so Juggernaut's in this movie. Very yes. much in this movie. Black Tom, not so much you know he's, he's in a the, good punchline in the yeah but played. that's about it and you don't even get to like any idea what his mutation is or his powers so yeah he's just kind of there i mean he's a great punchline so yeah. um but yeah yeah i i did like that i mean we definitely foresaw that happening so i thought that was a nice surprise but i don't know like i think it almost hurt the film like me seeing that name and then kind of getting my expectations mm. up it not having any kind of payoff. So, I don't know. And like you said, when they kind of do the setup and Wade basically finds a new mission in life of protecting this kid mm. against Cable, um, you know, he ends up saving the kid before he, you know, kills anyone. Um, but then he ends up killing one of the cards himself um, for being creepy and just yeah. rightfully so. He, the kid basically says they've been hurting me. Um, which could have been a big moment, but since the kid wasn't really relatable, or I didn't really care about much about the kid, it didn't really resonate with me, you know? And, like, the kid never, he never did that to me. He never brought that quality to me where I wanted Wade to protect him, mm-hmm. you know? So I think maybe that hurt the story a
1: little bit. Yeah. I I don't feel like it was a big, like, I understand it's a big part of the story, Mm -hmm. but it didn't, for me, it wasn't a focus of mine, where I was like, yeah, I need to see Wade save this child. You know, and once again,
0: I think maybe this just comes from my, me reading the books, and it's so similar to that X-Force storyline with Deadpool and Kid Apocalypse, where, Deadpool becomes like a surrogate father to Kid Apocalypse, and he's really trying to protect him. And, you know, it's such an awesome relationship. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of expecting more of that happening here, and I didn't get that. So, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I still enjoyed the film. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. But I feel like it could the movie could have been more with that dynamic and made more sense. Um, Instead, it was kind of played straight for, like, jokes. Um, So, but, you know, that's just me. I loved everything with the X-Force, though. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, speaking of X Force, that's I guess the next thing. So you loved that. You loved the. Uh, the I did. Putting the team together, and it just falling right. To the Literally, yes, yes. <laughs> and you kind of knew what was going to happen before it ha- happened. So what was the
0: team? It was uh Was it Shatterstar, Star, Domino, um,
1: Peter? Is it Peter? Yeah, right. his name is Peter. Okay, Peter. Um, what was uh, Terry Cruz's...
0: Bedlam. Bedlam. Zygeist. Which, right when I saw Zygeist. Zygeist is actually a character in like volume 2 of X-Force, which was a completely different team. Where it's like this reality based, like reality TV show team that goes on crazy missions and they usually get slaughtered. Right when he's like the leader of the first team in the first issue. At the end of the issue... He gets slaughtered. So right when I saw him, I was like, holy shit, he's going to die right away. Like, I was expecting him to get, like, a horrific death. I did not expect the whole team to go down Mm. (laughs) like they did. Um, But it was an awesome moment, I got to (laughs) say. Vanisher. Vanisher, which ends up being Brad Pitt. Yeah. (laughs) Missing. Totally random. And then I watched one of the... um, Easter egg videos, mm. and they said Matt Damon was actually in the movie
1: too. And I don't know where. Um, I think they were alluding to Matt Damon. Not he wasn't. No, actually they said the that he was like actually in like costume under
0: like some like I don't know if he was like guard or something like that. I was like, why are these? Why are these Matt guys? Like,
1: Damon's doing? making the rounds. Yeah, oh, right now
0: Deadpool. <laughs> He's just doing all the comic book movies, but not actually being like a no. main character in any of them. So, but, hey, okay, whatever. I mean, I guess if you're Matt Damon, you can do whatever the hell you mm. want to do. So, but, yeah, the Brad Pitt shit was surprising <laughs> as all. Because we literally do not see Vanager at, at all. all. You know, they do this whole running gag with, you know, the shoot jumping out of the plane, mm-hmm. you know, by itself. And, yeah, that was great, though. I loved how violent
1: the movie was. Yeah, it didn't, I felt like they went for a lot of shock value and I didn't I, I mean for me value. give it to me <laughs> that, that I, how did you enjoy the, shock me, so I how like, did
0: you enjoy the
1: yeah but it's still fun um how did you enjoy the action compared to the first one um it was definitely a lot more intense yes I did enjoy that like I enjoyed the whole prison scene where um Deadpool like literally falls and half his body breaks in half yes. over the table. Yes,
0: when he falls onto the uh, yeah. table. Yeah,
1: that's great. I love that.
0: Um, there's a scene, too, where Domino, like, almost beheads a guy. You mm-hmm. know, when she uh, is in the orphanage, and, like, somehow his head gets smashed. It gets
1: them. smashed by, like, um cabinet that falls down.
0: This is, like, good, gory slapstick fun.
1: I want to mention Domino. I like that the way that they used her almost felt like um, how they used Quicksilver. Not Yeah, Quicksilver in, like, Days of Future Past and... Like, she has this moment where it's like, oh, we're going to show how her luck works. Mm. And it's like, all these different aspects are happening around her. Yeah. I like that.
0: I, I enjoyed the way that they showed off her powers. Mm. You know, I thought they did a really good job. Better job than the comic books I've ever done. So, in the comics, like, things just kind of happen. Um, but, like, in this, you kind of get a good feel her powers and it actually made me more interested in that character in the comics. I mean don't get me wrong, I like the character in the comics, mm. but just the power wise, I was like, oh this is actually a really cool power set to have. And it makes her almost feel undefeatable.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> it was like completely like the nothing she care about do.
0: anything. It's just um what was your
1: favorite like comedic scene in the whole movie? Um Juggernauts music. Was Juggernaut's music was, was awesome. amazing, right? <laughs> and I didn't get
0: like I like I kind of hear what was going on, but until the, oh, end, the end credits, credits where you hear that's the when I really yeah. heard.
1: I was like, "Holy shit!" I started to notice that there was like a um, chorus saying, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I was like, "Oh, this is like a gag." I didn't yes. get that at first. I kind of wish that Juggernaut had more moments, or at least had s- like something more funny about him. I didn't get that. I thought he was okay. I don't, I don't, I, see what you're saying. You just wanted him to say I'm the juggernaut bitch. Yes, that's I the did. problem. That's I would have been happier if he did. <laughs> he
0: said it in last stand though, so I don't know if I need that callback. I know. I get it. I was expecting it too. Mm. Do you know it was actually voiced by uh, Ryan Reynolds?
1: What? Juggernaut? Yeah, that's oh, Ryan sure. Reynolds.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome, right? Um, yeah, I enjoyed everything with Colossus. Mm. Um, you know, I like the battle too. Colossus, you know, joins up with, you know, I, I like that, you know, that whole relationship between, uh, Wade and Colossus, you know, and the weird, you know, weirdness between mm. them two. Um, I, I loved everything about that. You know, and I liked that Colossus ended up coming back, you know, and saving him. And mm. it, obviously it was totally telegraphed; You He knew it was going to happen, but I thought it was still a cool moment. Um, I did not like how they set up cable um it is a very convoluted story to tell but i felt like they could have at least given some nod to what this character was um i felt like it was eluded he's just all you know is he like is a character in the future and then he like you know comes to the past to. they didn't
1: they could have like you don't know if he's, he's a mutant. Like, you don't know like what's
0: going. Like I mean, really, you just know he can time travel for I don't know what reason, and you don't know his connection to the X Men. You don't know like, and I get, I get. It's a lot. It's a lot, and I mean, his comic history is just a mess. You know, he's the he's the son of Cyclops and a clone of Jean Grey, and it you know who gets sent off to the future. Um, because he gets infected with a techno virus. Like, did you even realize, like, he had, like, it wasn't just, like, a metal arm, it was, like, a technovirus? Yes. Taking over but his, I was... But you know who Cable is, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, so, great. I mean, like... Yeah, sure. yeah.
1: I, I wish that they had, like, maybe like, teased it a little bit that he's related to them in some way. Yeah, like, something. But, I don't
0: know. I just felt like, okay, well, you could have done a little more with this character. I mean, there was a lot going on in this movie, so I, I understand why they didn't go that way. But give me a line. Give me, like some text on the screen something you yeah. know um you know or him reference the x-men I don't know I don't know it just seemed a little you know weird they could have done more with him I mean I loved uh, Josh Brolin in this mm. as the character I thought he did great um, my favorite um f- like uh comedic scene was the uh, baby legs oh, um, yes. so I blind el with apartment. the
1: uh, close Basics Instinct moment? Yes, yes. yes. I love everything about that scene. I thought that was... I almost said Close Encounters, and I have no idea why. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that's not not the right film whatsoever.
0: Mm, Maybe that was a little Freudian uh, (laughs) (laughs) slip there, Christian. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, no, I enjoyed that scene Mm. so much. It took a really heavy scene and just,
1: you know, made it hilarious. Well, I love that they almost came at it as these are all comedians dealing with Josh Brolin's um, character at the moment. Yes. It's like he's just telling what's going on with him. and uh, They're all like just lining up jokes for him. Yes.
0: It could have, you know, a, a scene that could have felt very, you know, just contrived and, you know, weighed mm. down with dialogue and really explain what's going on and everything like that. They made light of it and they made it fun. You know, um, it was a very Deadpool scene. Like if I wanted to explain to someone what Deadpool's really about, I would show them that scene. So I, I really felt, and it had a very good, like, it felt like the comic to me, which was awesome. So that's very much like the, the tone Mm -hmm. of the comic when it's done right. So, um, I really did enjoy that scene. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that sticks out to me that really, really like just bothered me. I, you know, I mean, maybe just the jokes not landing. You know, like, all of them. I felt like there were so many. I felt mm-hmm. like they tried to do too many, um, you know, in, like, a scene um, where I feel like this movie will grow funnier the more I watch it. Because I don't think I caught everything. Um, but overall, I, I did enjoy it. Like, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed the first one. Mm. Um but I still think it was a good time. I, I don't think they misused the character or, you know, it was flat for a sequel. Mm. Um, it just wasn't It just wasn't as good as the first one, which I don't think is a crime.
1: No, know? I mean, for me, it's like the first one set a bar and this one just skated right underneath that bar mm. for most of the film.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I liked that it wasn't weighed down by Wade's origin, mm. Um But I like the potential for future movies with it. Like, I like the tone that it's set. Um, Like, how he's going to interact with these different characters and how they're going to introduce characters um, in this universe. Um, You know, it wasn't too... Like, it didn't feel like a spoof movie, which Mm -hmm. I was scared it was going to turn into, where it's just spoofing other superhero movies and, you know, just really, you know, being, like, super meta. So I I was really happy with that. Um, where we almost feel like you know what were those horrible Wayne movies called, like another superhero scary yeah. movie or you know you know one of those like spoof movies that were and so the first like, two scary movies were okay whatever. Man. <laughs> 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 what
1: was that they did like a comic book version of it too? Yes, it like, was like not another superhero
0: movie. Something, something like horrible, that. yeah. That's why I was kind of like worried, like because Deadpool done wrong, that's what it could happen. Mm. You know that that's what it could become. So I was glad it did not become that. Um, Was the director's name David Leach? I believe it's his name. I thought he did a good job overall. He had some really really big shoes to fill. I mean losing the director and like one of the main writers Mm -hmm. from the first movie it really could have like doomed this movie but I feel like David Leach, he did a really good job. You know a solid job on this. I know what I was going to talk This movie didn't even happen. So, like... Oh. The end credits. (laughs) What the fuck? So, he goes... He gets... Like, we... Once again, very contrived with Cable. But, like, for some reason, he only had one disc to time jump. And he uses it to, like, save Deadpool and not be stuck. You know, know, in the past with Deadpool. And it seems like they're going to form this team and work together to kind of right some of the wrongs that he knows is coming, you know, um, in the upcoming, like apocalypse, basically, um, the future that he comes from, but then Deadpool takes the disc and to the, you know, X mansion and he gets, you know, the X-Men to fix it. Yeah. And then he goes back to the past and which makes complete sense. Cause I actually, when Cable starts fidgeting with it at first, I thought he was going to go back and save, um, Vanessa. Oh, okay. You know, that's kind of what I was like, oh, is he going back to like, you know, because basically Deadpool saves, you know, Cable's family, you know, by, you know, stopping Mm -hmm. Russell from doing what he's going to do, like kill the headmaster and go down this villainous road. Um, So he saves his family. So I thought Cable was going to return the favor, really. Which he kind of could have. And if he would have done that from the get-go, it would have But. (laughs) Time travel, whatever yes so you know of course he can only have one time jump the x-men you know fix the thing which i don't know why cable couldn't do this but fixes the thing and then wade goes back and he saves vanessa yes so right then and there this movie didn't happen
1: exactly
0: (laughs) and then i mean oh just an awesome hilarious mid-credits scene though where he starts jumping back he saves peter you know, even though he didn't really have to if he saved Vanessa, but whatever. And then he saves, um, himself from being in, uh, Wolverine. Uh, yes.
1: Well, no, he just kind of kills. He kills, you know, uh, that awful version Deadpool. of, yes,
0: <laughs> of the, uh, the whatever Baraka Deadpool Ooh. that we got, um, in Wolverine Origins. And then he goes back and he saves Ryan Reynolds
1: from Greenland. Well, I wouldn't say saves. He shoots <laughs> he him in the back of the head. I think that is he saves. saves Canada. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then
0: I was surprised because I was kind of thinking, okay, well, they just did this for fun. But then the writers came out and said, no, this is Canada. I was like, wait. So then the movie we just watched. It's Deadpool. <laughs> it's I mean, It's literally Deadpool. So do you think, though. There's definitely going to be a third. I don't know whose umbrella it's going to fall under. Is it going to be, you know, going to continue to be what? you know, who's it? Who has it right now? Fox? Fox, yeah. Fox, or is it going to end up being Disney? Do you think they talk about, like, is it going to be like Deadpool breaks the timeline?
1: Is it going to be something like that? Like, I mean, is that the story they're going to tell? I don't know. I mean, that's definitely a way they could go. But I feel like they're going to just screw off with time travel in the next movie. I, I hate fucking time yeah. travel, man. I really do. Because
0: it just hurts my brain. I can't... Like, once he started doing that shit, like, right away, I start, like, calculating, wait a second, okay, if he did this, that means this didn't happen. Mm. This, so, like, okay.
1: So this whole movie did not happen then. I mean, technically, he could still, like, he could go to the X-Men and decide that he wants to help them and be, like, an X-Men and, like, convince Colossus that he wants to join Even him. though he was
0: clearly not on that path before yes. Vanessa dies I
1: guess <laughs> there's, there's a lot but of to aspects.
0: me once Deadpool saves Rusty and his cable's family doesn't die oh God my brain's hurting <laughs> cable should disappear yes because cable had no reason to go back in time I mean I always follow back to future like time
1: travel rules mm-hmm. so I mean that's where I'm coming from with that. No, yeah, he should so have gone back. He should have just years. disappeared, right? But well, he didn't, and that's Okay, we're that's just how it goes. nerding off on this way too. <laughs> <quick>. <laughs> that's how the cookie crumbles, alright? Yeah.
0: Um All in all though, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was fun. It's definitely worth a watch. Um I was not let down by this. It wasn't as good as the first one, though. No. You yeah, know, which I don't know if I can it was a tall task to be as good as the first one, but You know, maybe I'm being too forgiving. I I did laugh out loud a lot, you know, during this movie. So, and that's always a good sign for me in the Mm. theater, you know, when I'm by myself, you know, to be laughing as loud as I was. You know, I wasn't the guy in the front row laughing at 20 though, like, like I was talking about, but Mm. I was still, you know, getting a good chuckle through a lot of the gags, you know, they did land with me. So, um, I got to go ahead, I'll give it probably, I would say four stars out of five.
1: I'd give it a three and a half. That's fair. I think that's fair. Mm. Uh, I think that's fair. Um, Most of uh, the our poll that we had um, got a three star rating. I mean, I gave it very internet yes <laughs> choices, but I was confused by the poll. <laughs> <laughs> was it
0: three star though, or was it a five? Because you had five star, and then
1: I put five, three, one, and then negative five. Because that's just kind of how the internet works, right? That's how they see things. Yeah,
0: either they really love it or they fucking hate it. Yeah. So um yeah. Yeah. I it felt like it was we didn't give the people a chance to give a four. Um, but I felt like I felt like it was good, it wasn't great. Yes. Yeah. Strong B, if you mm. will. So but yeah. Solid, solid B. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck,
1: who cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no, no, I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Would you want them to go in a more serious X-Force route in the future if they were to do one? No. Not if this is... Like, if
0: Deadpool's attached to it, I think it'd be too hard tone-wise to switch like that. Okay. I mean, I would, in my world, I would love to see, you know, a Remender's X-Force on screen. Mm. Um, What he did with those books, I feel like that that's my X-Force now. And I grew up in the 90s with Leadfield and everything like that. Um, and that X-Force team, but to me, it's all about Remender's, like, X-Force and, like, what he brought to that team and what that team was about. And that's actually one of the, I think I talked about last episode, is when I really started to love Deadpool. I always enjoyed Deadpool, but, you know, he really kind of got the essence of that character and really made him a full, like, character instead of just, like, you know, sight gags and, mm. you know, breaking the fourth wall. Um, you, he gave him heart. So, um... I just don't see that working, though, um, with this tone of movie. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if fans went to an X-Force movie with Deadpool in it, that's what they would be expecting. That's what they wouldn't get. So I wouldn't want that. Um, We'll see. We'll see where they go, because there's definitely an X-Force movie in the works, and I don't know if it's going to... I mean, it feels like it has to include Deadpool, though. Right? Mm -hmm. So... um, it feels like that's definitely where they're going to go. Ooh. I mean, I'm interested in seeing a movie, though, with, like, you know, Cable, Domino, and, you know, Deadpool together. I think that could be fun. So, I think Colossus sticks around.
1: Um, I think he needs a break. <laughs> Especially after fighting dirty. Uh-huh. Yeah. Going against his own moral code. Yeah, I
0: really enjoyed that sequence, though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this movie had
0: lots of great action scenes. I yes. really did. I was very impressed. But it was David Leach. is, uh, he did, um what's the Keanu Reeves movie? John Wick. John Wick, yeah. So And they actually alluded to the guy mm. who killed John Wick's dog, right? They yes. actually said. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie did not, like, they referenced everything. They oh, did yeah. not fucking care. They were taking shots at the MCU. They were taking shots at the DCEU. They were, I mean, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Like all the Hawkeye shit that they're talking <laughs> about and Winter Soldier shit. That was yes. great.
1: I might as well be Hawkeye. Um, so, uh, is that going to do it? Yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, next week, we're definitely going to be talking solo um, and we got some comics of course to talk about and we might talk about a little bit more about wrestling, I think, next week. Probably. More we complaining
0: about, coming yeah. your way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not watching Raw, God damn it! I'm not doing it. I'm, t- I'm, I'm going on strike. I'm going on strike. I tell
1: you now, if Lana wins the money in the bank, I might end oh. my subscription to... Uh, there's no way that's happening. <laughs> they can't do that. That'd be horrible.
0: Horrible. So, uh, all right. Before we go, we got some shout outs. Yeah. Some great podcasts that you should be listening to. Uh, first, we've got two girls on a bench. Two frustrated writers with no time to write. How to Procrastinate Now? A podcast, of course. Listen, subscribe, and share. Do all those things. It's a great show. Uh, next, we've got Earth 919 podcast. Comic book culture podcast features new number one issues, news, and media. Find us on iTunes and Google Play. Um, if you love comic books like us, this is the podcast for you. All right. Uh, next, we got Flicks X-Ray, podcast of a movie lover who brings in guests to discuss and talk film. It's like a book club for movies. Um, Give them a listen. And then next we got Weird Science DC. Weird Science DC Comics is a site and a podcast uh, with reviews, previews, articles about DC Comics. Go to their Patreon website um, for more shows. I know they're on Podbean. And they actually have Weird Science Marvel now, too. Oh, okay. So, and me being a
1: huge Marvel fan loves the
0: show. So, uh, give them a listen.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, definitely not last but not least. Listen to us yeah. more and more. We have tons in our calories. This not is your just first... this episode. Exactly. If <laughs> this is your first time listening to us, I hope you've enjoyed us. This is a it's more... Your sh- first taste, if first you First taste, you know. It, this has definitely been a shorter one for us. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes, we're usually in for the long haul. So oh, yes. This
1: uh,
0: is, is going to be under two hours. Yes, point. I yeah. hope.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: So yeah, usually we're a good two and a half hours, so we cover everything. Um, you can find us on
1: Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Spotify. Oh, he's almost got them all. And what are we on now? We're on something new. Tune in! Tune in, that's right. I'm sure by the time this episode comes out, it'll be fully date. In- I got an email today saying that we're in, so... Tune in, bitches. <laughs> Listen, yes. so...
0: Uh, make sure you're reviewing us uh giving us those five star ratings on all those sites yes um we live off of those give us your feedback uh follow us on twitter um that's our main home Mm -hmm. really if you want to interact with us but we're also on instagram and facebook yes plenty of
1: content on both of those uh we're definitely rolling out more new content that we're probably going to be doing like live streams and such and such going forward you know I love
0: such and such <laughs> so hey we don't want to spoil everything that's right no spoilers here we just spoil everything else <laughs> what the hell we're doing um but yeah definitely give us a follow we're, we're a worthy follow
1: yes trust us so um and then what are we listening to right now oh, we're listening to the house band them guilty aces that's right where can you find those guys at uh you can find them on itunes and i think they have a website where you can get their ep for free i know what the hell man they're just I giving mean, shit for free i, I mean what, why not?
0: quality music quality rockabilly uh
1: rockabilly music
0: so <laughs> uh give them a listen hmm. uh
1: chicagoland area band and of course if you're listening to us on 12 outs radio listen to the rest of their shows they have plenty of great content keep it up we're gonna be there every week though. we can be. Maybe not this week. <laughs> maybe we're a little not this late. Week, <laughs> <'cause>, but, uh, <laughs> we're sorry, Twelve Ounce. Um,
0: we're a little we're a little late this week. We're usually dropping on Wednesdays. It looks like we're gonna drop on a Friday, so <laughs> we'll see how that does. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, for this episode, I'm Christian. Only for this episode, you're Christian. Are you someone else next episode? Maybe, maybe I'm Sam. Like, uh, maybe. Maybe. Okay. All right. I think I'm gonna be Fred next episode.
0: I always like the name Fred. I don't know.
1: Do I not look like a Fred to you? Well, you don't look like a Damon, so I guess. I totally. <laughs> a Damon. I'm 100% Damon. <laughs>
0: I'm Damon.
1: How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> Christian.
0: All right, and this was The Amazing Nerd Show. Yes.
1: You mean as much. this turtle, and just like this little turtle hit his head when Chris Jericho came and stood before him, it's the same thing you're going to do and all your stupid fans are going to do. Naito, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to take your Intercontinental
0: Championship from you, not because you want it. You don't want it. You're too tranquilo. I'm not tranquilo. I'm fucking crazy. I'm going to show you just how crazy I can be at Dominion
1: on June 9th. I've been waiting. For six months to get my hands on your filthy, stupid head. Yeah, las cinco de Japon. Kiss
0: my fucking ass.